0: and he is. Let's pray. Lord God, we thank you that that's who you are, the God of angel armies, the Lord of hosts. As we're used to hearing it, that word, the Lord of angel armies, is who you are. You are also the Lord Almighty, El Shaddai, the one for whom nothing is impossible. And we worship you today. Thank you for this privilege, for the opportunity to pour our hearts out to you, After all that you have done for us, it's the least we could do. And Lord, we pray that you would speak into our lives and that we would say yes to whatever it is you say to us. In Jesus' name we pray. And everybody agreed and said? Amen. Amen. And everybody agreed and said? Amen. Yeah, that was a little better. All right. You can have a seat. Now, I love what our worship team is doing and how they're helping us. Tammy wrote that uh, ending to um, holy, holy, holy. Isn't that cool? Uh, Let's give it up for Tammy. Tammy, good job. (laughs) Well, you get to tell her. You get to tell her in person, okay, that uh, you're thankful for Tammy and Joni and the whole team up here today. I'm looking forward to praying together with many of you tonight uh, out at the hill in Abernathy Park, you know, it was about a year and a half ago that the Lord began a, a dream in our hearts that our churches could be more united and uh, could cooperate more, could express our love for our community better together. Isn't that a good thing? It's a God thing. And so some of you have been part of the prayer times that we've had, the last two. We're going to have one again tonight and we're going to focus our prayers uh, on the those who are Dealing with the hurricane in Southeast Texas, you know, Nancy and I today were praying for the churches there. That, uh, that Isn't it cool when you hear the news and they say there's a crisis and churches are responding? We noticed that several of the news reports talked about churches stepping up to help. And uh, I want to thank everybody here who is part of yesterday's Serve Our City at Thompson School. You guys made a huge difference. And... Um, It was neat to talk to the principal. She was so excited about the team that this church sent. And frankly, it made me proud to be your pastor. And I'm thankful for what God is doing to help our church to serve our city in Jesus' name, to show the love of Jesus in practical ways. Today, we're on the third of three Sundays talking about who we are as a church and who we are as followers of Jesus. And I don't know about you, but I want us to be a church that is centered in Jesus, that looks like Jesus, smells like Jesus, acts like Jesus. It's all about sharing his love with our community. And one of the ways we do that is by welcoming people who come seeking God's touch. Isn't it cool when somebody you know, shows up at church and says, I, I came for the first time, or maybe the first time in a long time, and I need God? I mean, how beautiful is that? Um, somebody give me, mm-hmm, you know, one of these. Yeah, that's a good thing. And then uh, we talked last Sunday, Pastor Shane knocked it out of the park. You know, nobody's perfect. That's, that doesn't mean we, we don't want to be as perfect as God can make us, to love Him perfectly and love other people. But it means that we don't look down on anybody else, and we're not self-righteous. Um, after the message last week, I thought, you know, I've been around church almost all my life, and every once in a while, you're in a situation where you get a bit of that feeling, you know, like I'm better than you are, and that's a creepy feeling. It's an un- unpleasant, unchrist like feeling. And we don't want that. In us, around us, we don't have anything to do with that. Here, we are all God's children. Some of us have been changed by His grace, and we love people just the way they are. We know God doesn't want to leave them that way, but they're welcome here. You're welcome here. How cool is that? Everybody's welcome. Nobody's perfect, and anything's possible. You know, again, been around church almost all my life, and I know what happens when you start feeling like nothing's going to happen. You well, know, we're just going to go and do one more Sunday, and we'll all nod, and Smile, like Pastor Shane talked about last week, kind of a fakie smile, and we'll go home and nothing will happen. And what, how, how terrible, how tragic. Jesus didn't come for that. He did not come and give his life as a sacrifice for the world, for our sins to give us new life for nothing to happen, right? Good things are supposed to happen. In fact, anything's possible. So let me ask you, If anything's possible, through Jesus Christ, by the power of his Holy Spirit, the Bible says the same power that raised Jesus from the dead, resurrection power is available to us. What would you like to see happen? What would your prayer be? For some of us, it would be a prayer for physical healing. For some of us, it would be a prayer for uh, maybe a financial or a workplace miracle, you know? (laughs) <laughs> I'd find a job or the job I have would get better a lot of us would pray for our family you know may, may, the, may my marriage be stronger and healthier I want to love my kids and have them love me I want to love my parents I want to I want to be reconciled with that person that I used to be close with but we're not anymore anything's possible And that comes right out of Scripture. So if you would take the bulletin today, turn it over to the back, that little folder. Looks like this. And on the back, there's an outline, and it has some fill-ins. And the first one is, with Jesus, anything is possible. That prayer that you thought about a moment ago can be answered by the power of God. There's a story in Mark chapter 9 that teaches us this lesson out of the life of Jesus. A dad's heart is breaking for his son. His son has some kind of condition where he has seizures, where the scripture talks about an evil spirit. And so the dad brings the boy to Jesus because he hopes that Jesus can deliver him. And as we see many times in the New Testament, the, the followers of Jesus don't value children like Jesus does. Aren't you glad Jesus loves children? And he teaches us to love children in his name. But they didn't get it, right? And they prayed for the little boy and nothing happened, nothing changed. And so in desperation, he brings the child not just to the disciples, but finally directly to Jesus. And the dad says, if you can do anything, Jesus, take pity on us and help us. And what did Jesus say? If you can't, If you can, if I can, of course I can. Everything is possible for one who believes. Circle or underline the word everything there in the back of that scripture passage. The New Living Translation says anything is possible if a person believes. So what would it be like if anything is possible in us, through us, around us, beyond us? How many people do you know that need something special, something powerful, something seemingly impossible to happen? The other day I was headed into the morning exercise class and a woman stopped me and tapped me on the shoulder and said, Pastor, would you pray for my daughter? She's going in the hospital. This is a very serious condition and she's been battling it for a long time. And she said, I know you know something about this and would you pray with me? And I said, sure. She also said, my other family live in Houston, and they're terribly afraid of this hurricane that's coming their way. Would you pray for them? Then I was looking at the Davison Free Methodist prayer page. I don't know if you found it. There's a prayer page on Facebook. If you haven't found it yet and you're on Facebook, check it out. There, there's listed a number of really serious and significant prayer requests. Praying for Fran and Terry Myers, whose granddaughter died suddenly a week ago now. Praying for Beth Thompson's mom, Betty Evatt, who's part of our church family, who fell and is recovering now and is in therapy. Praying for Beth Horton, I see her family's here today. She's in hospital in Lapeer. Those are some of the things that are listed on the website. But then there's the other things, maybe even more significant things, the issues of the heart that we don't post. Pray for my marriage. It's in trouble. Pray for my struggle with an addiction. It's ruining my life and my family. Pray for strength to stop doing things I know I shouldn't and start doing things I know I should. I want to have some holy habits. I want to read my Bible and pray, but it takes discipline and takes a holy habit of the heart, and I need help. Everyone's welcome. Nobody's perfect. And anything's possible. All summer long, we've been remembering, retelling Old Testament stories that challenge our faith. Remember? Remember? Remember uh, Pastor John talking about David and Goliath and how we all face giants in our lives and how God can give us grace and strength to win. Remember Pastor Cody talking about Moses going barefoot, experiencing the presence of God through that burning bush? Pastor Shane talking about crazy King Nebuchadnezzar, right? (laughs) Who was so proud and full of himself that the Lord gave him over to a season of insanity when he acted like a wild animal. And the Bible says that eventually he came to himself and humbled himself before the Lord. Or Queen Esther, who overcame this evil plot and was at the right place at the right time. Remember we said it may not be your fault, but it's your time. It's time to stand up and speak out and do the right thing wherever we can, wherever we see it. Just imagine what God could do in and through and around and beyond us if we really believe with God anything is possible. The second fill in there, is with God, nothing is impossible. There's the flip side. This comes from the Old Testament story of Abraham and Sarah, who we first meet with different names, Abram and Sarai. And it's interesting how in the Old Testament, uh, the the Hebrew language and the Hebrew people loved wordplay. And sometimes in the translation in English, we miss some of it, but Abram was his original name, but God says, I'm going to give you a new name. What was the new name? What was it? Abraham, Abraham, which means the father of many nations. Sarai was her original name, but God changed her name. Anybody know the new name? Sarah. Sarah. What does the name Sarah mean? Princess. How cool is that? Right. I'm going to call you princess from now on. And as we follow the story of Abram becoming Abraham and Sarai becoming Sarah, we know that God is at work to do the impossible. He promises Abraham that he will be the father of many nations, that he will have a child in his old age. I mean, really old age, right? And so they wait, and it doesn't happen immediately. Does anybody here ever have to wait for God to answer your prayer? Anybody? your timing's not God's timing. So we wait and we trust the Lord even though it takes longer than we thought. But not Abraham and Sarah. They get ahead of God. They come up with plan B. Plan B is that Abraham is going to have a sexual liaison with with the handmaid and they're going to have a child, which they do. And this is not the child of God's promise. This is not God's plan. And so the Lord comes to him another time. And it says, Then the Lord said to Abraham, Why did Sarah laugh and say, Will I really have a child now that I am old? What's the next sentence? Would you read it out loud? Is anything too hard for the Lord? One more time. Is anything too hard for the Lord? Well, what do you think? Is it? Most of us come up to something somewhere sometime that we think is too hard. I mean, why did Sarah laugh? (laughs) Because this is ridiculous. She's now almost ninety years old. I mean, come on. She's going to have uh, the nursery in the old age home. You know, she's she's going to go to the store and buy Pampers and Depends in the same trip, right? Right. I mean, this is funny. This is she's like, <laughs> and uh, and the Lord says, I'm going to do it. And so, after this encounter with the Lord in a few months, Sarah wakes up one morning and she wants pickles and ice cream. Right? She's feeling a little indigestion. Something's going on. God is going to keep his promise. And they have another child. Abraham has a second child, Sarah's first child, and they name him Isaac. And you know what Isaac means? Laughter. 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 (laughs) And so God is saying, you know, I can do things that make you laugh, right? Humanly speaking, they seem and feel impossible. And so we have this long litany of Old Testament stories that remind us God can do anything. And then we have the person of Jesus Christ. God in the flesh. And he says, for me, nothing is impossible. And he delivers the boy from that possession and from that sickness. And he touches people no one would ever touch. And he loves people no one else can love. And he eventually gives his life as the perfect sacrifice and payment for the sins of the whole world. And then, and then, he rises from the grave. And he says, nothing Is impossible. In the New Testament, later on, the Apostle Paul picks up on it and says, God can do more than you can even ask or imagine. That's the third fill-in on your outline. In Christ, I am able to do more than I can even imagine. That's what the Bible says. Right now, to him who is able to do immeasurably more. Let's go to that scripture from Ephesians. Immeasurably more than all we ask or imagine according to his power that is at work within us. It's not me. It's not my power. Not my amazing spirituality. It's the power of Christ alive in me. So I was thinking about sometimes we see God do amazing things. We kind of take it a little for granted. Did anybody notice who was playing the piano today? That was Becky Bell, and she just had surgery, and uh, she's here today. Yay, God. Yay, God. Did anybody happen to notice that my 97-year-old mother-in-law is in the house today? Hi, Pauline. Hello. How are you? Are you okay? Mom, are you all right? She's waving. She's okay. All right. (laughs) We have to pray about that hearing, but we're good. All right. We're good. Love you. Has God answered your prayers? Have you seen him do amazing things? You know, I was just thinking about those simple answers to prayer, but there are many more, many more. In recent weeks and months in our congregation, God's been doing some amazing things. I can't tell you how exciting it is to lead a church where anything's possible, right? So last week we say, okay, we want, to, we want to break through this attitude of spiritual superiority. So we're going, to op- we're going to open our altar as we close the service. And anybody who wants to admit they need God, you're welcome here. And the altars are full of both services, right? And God does things and touches lives. I got to pray with some people I haven't gotten to pray with before. There's a young man here for the very first time, and he gave his life to Jesus Christ. And he was back this morning in the early service. Anything's possible. Anything's possible. Did you hear me? Yep. Anything's possible. I'd like you to meet the Calhoun family. Come on up here. Jared and Sarah and young Eason. It was about a month ago that I got a, a text late on the evening that uh, there had been an accident and their little boy was hurt. And I'm going to let you them tell you a bit of that story, huh? <laughs> All right, you get to go first. So uh, so what happened?
1: About a month ago. Just keep, keep talking. talking, we'll see. Um, we had an accident. We were calling the kids in for dinner. He says there's stuff in there. Push the button. Yeah. Oh, the, light means it the light, the <laughs> light. It's a, Anything's possible. So right. we call the kids in. Um, we have three of our own. That includes Ethan. And then we had three of our um, cousins in for dinner. Six kids at your house? Six, Six kids. kids. Oh, alright. <laughs> Anyways, um, we get plating everything and Ethan's and the other, Janessa the youngest one, they're, you know, Ethan's four, Janessa's five, come in crying and Ethan says, well didn't say, but Janessa says he hit his head pretty hard, so we're examining him, looking at it. Not a mark on him except for a little goose egg. Uh, so we didn't know anything different got him calmed down, and uh, what we found out is that he was getting very frustrated that he could not talk. Um, Sarah examined him, looked at his eyes, the pupils, you know, were very, very tiny. So we decided, well, he can't talk, pupils are looking bad, this ain't no ice packing, we decided to rush and get things going, got him to Hurley. Um, and we come to find out that after he had a scan that his skull had split, broken, a um, piece of the bone slid underneath the other piece of the skull and was pushing pressure on the area of the brain that pretty much tells you how to talk. (laughs) He communicated fine. Um, He could say yes and no by nodding his head, Um, but obviously we had to go into surgery. Um, Surgery doctors didn't know if they were gonna do surgery at Hurley or if they were gonna fly him to Ann Arbor. Um, They waited and talked and we waited hours and hours and then uh, found out that they wanted to keep him in Hurley. The doctor was gonna come in the next day and try to examine him, but we were also told that the surgery board for trauma was booked for the full day. So they didn't know how it would play out. Um, work got out. Um, the power of prayers, I guess, is, is the truth of the matter. We probably had anywhere from, gosh, coast to coast, cross seas, everybody, we didn't even know contacting us, just sending messages saying that they're praying for us. Um, gosh, Glenn showed up at the hospital at 6.30ish, mm-hmm. six. It was early. It was early. <laughs> I know I talked to him late that evening, and in the middle of the night, I know he said he was ready to go and pacing the floors, but <laughs> he showed up about 6, 6.30ish, and uh, we, we sat down, we had prayer, and it couldn't have been 10 minutes after prayer, the uh, nurses came in with clipboards and said, uh, we're going, and we're going now. And uh, they made room for surgery, and they pushed him right through. Um after he woke up, he was able to say about fifty words, and it came back. Now he talks a million miles an hour. We can't tell that anything's wrong. <laughs> so I want to say thank you for everybody who has prayed. Um, it does. It works. Uh, everybody's not alone. So
0: great. Let's hear from your wife over here, Sarah. You talk now? No. <laughs>
1: one doctor I said God did and nothing will ever change my mind about that he didn't even know how to respond Um, but like Jared said I had Facebook messages from people I didn't even know Um, random people coming up to the hospital that I never met that said we're here for your family whatever you need you tell us because everyone that we know is praying for you and it works because he is talking and he has
0: no disabilities whatsoever Amen (laughs) Great Yay God (laughs) (laughs) There you go. Let's pray together. Lord God, we thank you for this family. We thank you for your hearing and answering their prayers. We thank you for Ethan and that he can talk. And even when he talks a lot, Lord, we just thank you. That's a blessing. And so give them your grace and your courage. Encourage us all to trust you no matter what. Thank you for this example. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thank you so much for coming today. We love you guys. (laughs) One of the great things about doing the job that I do is I get to see this happen, right? I mean, I get to be there when God shows up. And so I just want to encourage you today that God is up to something good. And it includes us in His plan. So maybe you have somebody today that's on your heart or on your mind. Let's go back to that third point in the message. God can do more than we can even ask or imagine. There's a card in today's program. Uh, It's gray and it says, God use me. Would you take it out? Everybody find it. If you don't have one, I'm sure we have some extras left over. Pick one up on the way out. I'd like each person to have one. This is our challenge for the month to come, for the rest of this month and the month of September. Would you take this card? I signed mine. You might want to do that. Put my name and the date today on it, sort of claim it. And this is our prayer. God, use me. God, use me. When I wake up in the morning, tomorrow morning, that's what I want to pray. God, use me. Help me to... Not to do what I want all the time or worry so much about myself, but to be a blessing to somebody else. Did you know God can do anything in you, through you, around you, beyond you? And we said earlier, it isn't always just the way we want or in in the timing that we want, but God is great and he is powerful. And you look at the life of Jesus. And you say, there's nobody like Jesus, right? When he speaks, hearts are healed. When he speaks, lives are changed. When he speaks, freedom happens. Do You know that God doesn't want one marriage to fail. God doesn't want one person who has a, a problem or an addiction to stay enslaved or dominated by that. God doesn't want anybody who's struggling in their home life or in their work life to stay struggling and stay defeated. He wants to give us grace and strength. You know God wants to do great things in and through our church? Did you know we have a partnership on the other side of this planet? In the past few days in uh, Amman, Jordan, I can't say too much about it because this goes out over Facebook, but there was a, a conference led by our friends that touched the lives of women in ways that just do not happen in that culture. It was miraculous, and we're part of that. In just a few weeks, the leader of that ministry is going to be here with us. God's going to do amazing, impossible things. The other day, Pastor Shane and I were talking about the renewal of our ministry partnership with the Dominican Republic. Some of you have been around our church for a long time. You know that we've had a historic relationship there. That relationship is being rekindled. And we're reestablishing that partnership. God's going to do something absolutely impossible in that place through our influence by the power of His Holy Spirit. In just a couple of weeks, we're going to see people baptized whose lives have been utterly transformed. Yea, God. It couldn't happen any other way. And you know, the greatest miracle, remember how Jesus told his followers that when he would go back to the Father, he'd send the Holy Spirit, and we would do miracles like he did and even greater. What's the greater miracle? Well, when Jesus Christ lived on planet Earth, he could only be so many places at one time. And He could only touch so many people. So there was a limit to how many people could be healed and helped and transformed by Jesus' physical presence. But now, He's alive and in the house. And He's alive in you. And you can touch a person with the love of Jesus Christ. And their life can be forever changed. Greater miracles than those accomplished by Jesus can happen in and through us as we are faithful to Him. So, the worship team is going to come and we're going to sing that song, The God of Angel Armies. Uh, The traditional translation of that word, Angel Armies, is The Lord of Hosts. That He is large and in charge, and nothing is impossible with Him. And as they lead us in this song, I'd like us to think about God, use me. God, use me to be a light, to be a witness to be a welcomer, (laughs) to be an instrument of God's grace. Lord God, as we prepare our hearts to sing and remind ourselves of who you are, I pray right now for every person here today, especially anybody who's been discouraged at all, that you give us fresh faith and renewed hope that you would remind us of who you are and what you can do. And what if there's anybody here today that needs a, a spiritual revival, that needs to be rescued and delivered, that needs to be forgiven and transformed, we surrender ourselves completely to you. Heal us, help us, Forgive us. Change us. We lean into you. We say yes to you. And we watch for the miracle you're about to do. In Jesus' name, amen.